easier if you could count to three two one at a regular pace Riley I'm not gonna lie to you yeah well I'm not in the podcasting game because I'm good at counting you know if I was good at counting okay, I'd be a banker I didn't get into the podcasting game to count boys I came <laughs> here to drink my milk and made a make a podcast I'm pretty much done <laughs> with my the milk milk's off. the milk's off yeah so the only alternative is to make a podcast I've been in this flat for weeks the milk's <laughs> definitely gone no, it's, it's terrible when that happens yeah. All right, so uh, there's no milk. Shall we make a podcast instead? Yeah, or I could go get some milk. Yeah, there is always that option. Could drink uh, milk and podcast simultaneously. Yeah. God, you got sometimes I don't know. I think you guys have some wacky ideas. <laughs> I love the way right. It comes across even more when we're doing it remotely. The way Riley's like, "Oh, you guys, <laughs> what do you like?" <laughs> I feel. I feel more more than when we all did it together that we're being kind of supervised. <laughs> <laughs> now you jokesters don't forget to be socialist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to Trash Future Episode 2, Gangs in Full Effect, uh, your consumer's guide to the dystopian hellscape of late-stage capitalism. Uh, I'm tentatively titling this episode... It's a bird, it's a plane, it's a nerd with a messiah complex, and we're going to be talking a little bit about all of the ways in which tech billionaires think they're going to save the world, when really they just invented a way for your racist aunt to send you memes. Um, But before we get into that, uh, I want to play... And we will get into that. Oh, we will get into that. We totally will. My aunt is waiting with bated breath. (laughs) Yeah, I really want to hear what kind of memes your aunts are sending you. What sort of aunts do you have who are like racist yet into memes? <laughs> okay, Riley, what are we doing? What What's the podcast? We need guidance from Berlin. We need guidance from Berlin. Segment one of our of our little thing uh, is we are reaching into uh, Riley's shopping bag and and we're seeing what dumb bullshit he pulls out. Today I'm pulling out a little piece of technology called the Amma brush. Is it like a brush that you use to um, like drive nails in? Yeah, it, it, it drives the nails in very cleanly. Yeah. So you're saying that this technology is a brush that's also a hammer. Uh, the Amma brush, yeah. <laughs> oh, now I see. Now I see. It was the... <laughs> It's like sort of Cockney London pronunciation is so far from Charlie's usual sort of diction. <laughs> the, yeah, half the country could have told that joke and you would have got it instantly. I thought you were just being really, like, really surreal. Oh, I see. No. No, straight down the middle with Charlie Palmer. Well, is it, is it maybe a brush with a very uh, strong sense of self? Like, I'm a brush. <laughs> it's a brush with a self-aware AI. But, it speaks, it speaks in the voice of dogs from memes. <laughs> I'm a brush. Liz, help. Uh, I, I is am it, a but, brush. Ask me anything. <laughs> but surely it's, uh, it must be something, something romantic. Is it like a brush that you um, use for nefarious genital purposes? Cleaning your partner's anus. Uh, it before is meals. nefarious. <laughs> All before right, meals. Uh, <laughs> I'm, um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and divulge uh, what, what it actually is. Um, 
The Amma Brush uh, was uh, released on uh, on Kickstarter a while back, and it raised a shockingly high amount of money. I'll say what exact amount later. But what they've done, they being you know tech idiots, is they've decided that they want to revolutionize brushing your teeth, uh, and so they have created what is essentially a piece of like a bit of rubber dentures that has a big circle you stick onto it, so it looks like you know. A, giant goddamn baby pacifier and then you turn it on and it brushes your teeth in 10 seconds that's amazing i i know it's supposed to be stupid but i really want one of those i need to be pacified as much as possible <laughs> charlie's anus needs to be cleaned before meals i didn't say that but <laughs> with a magnetic connecting point but otherwise. it does <laughs> <laughs> i mean you, your anus should be clean all the time yeah um, can actually can someone can someone invent a decent piece of tech for that? Because in the in the UK and I, and a lot of the world, we still just use paper. And wait, wait, just hang, really on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So you're saying you want a decent piece of tech to clean your anus? After I told you yeah. that this is something that you put in your mouth and it vibrates. We've got yeah. those. <laughs> those exist. It's called a vibrator. Oh, fine. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that. That's what this is. It's a. Um, a, a big, a big, like a, a big pacifier that you suck on before you go to bed for ten seconds, uh, because it'll clean your teeth. And the incredible thing is that what they've done is they did the math, did a little marketing on this. Is they said, look, if you can brush your teeth in ten seconds, you'll save a total of like hundred and four days of your life that you'd otherwise spend brushing your teeth. Uh, and so you can get hundred and four days back by using the Ama brush. Yeah, but you're not going to do anything useful with your extra two minutes before you go to bed. Because they say 104 days, but it does not come in chunks of whole days. No, it, it comes in chunks of it comes in chunks of like you get two minutes extra sleep, or you get two minutes extra. Like you might you might watch one more YouTube video before you go to bed. Like that's it. That's yeah. all you're going to gain. You might have time to clean your anus also before you go. To yeah, bed. you actually. I'll give them that. Yeah. I'll give you can them get that. A good, that's a that's key anus cleaning time. Because that's but, just time um, I don't have at the moment, and it's time I wished I had. In the modern, in the in the busy world of of modernity, you've got to make time to clean your anus. Yeah, anal hygiene has been neglected by capitalism thus well, no, far. Well, no, it's yeah. it's a, everyone's been in the pocket of big toothbrush, and so you know all of our anuses are going unclean because we just don't have the time in our modern go-go world. No one's in the pocket of big anus. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be in the pocket of big anus, really, do I? <laughs> Can that be the quote of the show? <laughs> yes. Uh, how much do you think it, it costs on, on Kickstarter uh, to get yourself an Amma brush? Um, I reckon... So actually, some toothbrushes are like 80 quid, aren't they? Quite. Um, but I, so I ones. think this is more than that. I, and I think because it's like funding as well, I reckon this could be like a 200, 300 quid job. Mm-hmm. Milo? Well... I don't know if it's I don't know if it's that expensive. I might maybe I'll go 150 quid, but I reckon yeah. that there are um I reckon there are consumables. <laughs> I reckon there are really excessively expensive consumables. Oh uh, yeah. In terms of the in terms of the prices right rules, which I've decided uh, apply to this. You want to get closest without going over. Neither of you win because you both went over. It's 69 euros for the Amma brush, but Milo, I'm giving you extra points on this one because you were right. Uh, each pod of toothpaste, because Lord forget that like, you can't possibly use your own toothpaste for this. You can't just squeeze some in. That'd your be crazy. Your own non-Silicon Valley toothpaste. Mm. Yeah. No, each pod of fancy technical toothpaste that you can't use on anything else 
and, and, and that's completely useless otherwise, is like six euros. To use it on your teeth so your with tooth- a regular toothbrush actually dissolves your teeth. <laughs> if you try to use it outside the ama brush, then uh, yeah, yeah, it does. Don't use it on your anus. <laughs> There's, there's not just 69 euros, which, you know, nice, by the way. It's a cool price. Uh, you can also pledge 999 euros. Uh, and you guys want to do a quick guess what you get if you pledge 999 euros. Do you get it, do you get it personalized? Do you get, like, one that's custom that's, fit? That's the thing. No, but you're close. Everyone else's gets personalized to you. Your signature gets inscribed on every Emma brush sold. That's amazing. It's almost worth it, isn't it, for the sheer troll value? Just to know that my name is in so many people's mouths. Also, you could just sign, like, I'm a paedophile as your name, and it would be inscribed on everyone's... <laughs> that would be fun. Everyone's Amabrush. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's the beginning of the worst prank anecdote of all time. So I donated $1,000 to the Amabrush, and now everyone who buys this weird toothbrushing device gets I'm a paedophile inscribed on their weird toothbrushing device. You had to be there. Yeah. Uh, so they have, I mentioned earlier that they've raised a quite high amount of money. Uh, anyone, uh, want to price is right, do a quick guess on how much it is that they've raised. Close without going over. I think they've raised 1.5 million euros. That's a little well, I'm more. Gonna go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go lower. I'm going to go 150,000. Okay. Oh, Milo, by a wide stretch, it's 175 grand. Uh, oh, that's a good guess. I know a, 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 a tooth a company that has created a, a pacifier shaped toothbrush for big adult babies that wear adult diapers uh, and costs like three times as much for half as much toothpaste has raised one hundred and seventy five thousand euros. And every one of them says Milo Edwards on it. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of deranged man would buy like the fucking Amber, like inscribe your name on every Amber brush? Like who? Who is like, okay, so I could buy one for 69 euros or for a mere, like, almost a thousand percent more. Do you think advertisers are getting on this? If, like, Pepsi want their name on every Amma brush, just as a bit of kind of cheap media. Yeah. be ironic if Pepsi was written on a tooth cleaning device, wouldn't it? It would be a bit, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. However, if it were written on an anus cleaning device. Yeah, fine. Absolutely fine. I reckon you could use Pepsi to clean your anus. I reckon that, that stuff's probably pretty... No, you can't, acidic. actually. You can't. Would it, would it burn a hole right through your, to your duodenum? Yeah, it does. Charlie, have you douched with Pepsi? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm pretty sure um, that, uh, you know, the Amber Brush could save you a few seconds every night. But I think if we take into account the, you know, time value of money and, and all this, we could probably swap out every pod of stupid toothpaste with pure cyanide. And on average, the human gene pool would end up with a higher IQ. Ooh, yeah. That's interesting. Uh, I did, Riley, I never knew that you were a eugenicist. Yeah, I, I <laughs> suspected it, actually. I, I did suspect it. Anti-natalism is bourgeois ideology. Uh. So, sorry, Riley, this seems like there was, a dec- there was a decent pause there. Is there any way we can check that what we've done yes. so far sounds all right? Or is that something that's going to have to wait until we've synced the recordings? Yeah, we can, we can, let's just go, like, we can go.
I'm not the organising force of literally anything. Yeah, ever. You never have been. I'm entirely parasitic to all endeavours. In fact, the snacks this evening is the most organising you've done for some time. Decades. Mm. I know. I hate it when capitalism doesn't provide its usual fruits. Yeah. By which I mean Sainsbury's doesn't have the usual range of taste of difference cookies that I require. All right, so are you Should guys... Should we crack uh, on? You got... Yeah, you guys ready to uh, to to taste the difference of what makes I don't know some some about capitalism. You fill in the rest. Good segue, Riley. I'd like I'd like to repeat I'd like to repeat a section from last week where we talked about okay. how uh, one of the wonderful things that sort of late stage capitalism loves to do is reinvent really obvious stuff that already exists and brand yeah. it as innovative. Absolutely. And I found uh, a few days ago just the be- just the best version of this, what Facebook has done. You assume Mark Zuckerberg was involved. Uh, is they have purchased a large parcel of land uh, beside their their Palo Alto headquarters, and um, they are creating some, you know, hundreds like fifteen hundred or something homes, businesses, public transit, stores, uh, and so on on it. Uh, for Facebook employees to live their entire lives on. Any guesses uh, what what they've done and what this is just a retread of? Um, is it is it like Bourneville, where all the Cadbury workers live, where everything's made of chocolate? That last bit might not be true. Or like 14th century Norfolk. <laughs> is it like the feudal system, <laughs> where like they're all like serfs, and he is the lord of the manor? <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg just invented feudalism. Does he does he decide all of the disputes in his hundreds courts? I don't know, but do I the think local nobility gather up. around and, and hear the disputes of the townspeople? <laughs> does, does he occasionally hold trials by combat? I would totally be down with that. But like the combat is like it's like really effeminate in the way that techies would do. They're like they're hitting each other with like speciality cured sausages or something. I'd watch that. Can they televise it? Can they do it on Facebook Live? Yeah, I would watch that. On fa- That's like the only thing I would watch on Facebook Live. <laughs> Did you, oh, if, speaking of hitting each other with cured sausages, you guys see that David Brooks column the other day. What column? Who's, whose column is like a cured sausage? What? <laughs> David Brooks is this like op-ed writer in the New York Times. They're all like fucking ghouls. Um, David Brooks wrote a column about, about, like, about the educational divide in American society and said he went to take out his friend who, quote-unquote, only has a high school degree for lunch to a restaurant that serves, like, prosciutto sandwiches or whatever, and his, and his friend, who totally doesn't exist, got scared of the prosciutto and asked to go get Mexican instead. If I understood Riley correctly, some guy who writes to the New York Times took his supposedly working-class friend for a lunch at some posh restaurant that serves prosciutto sandwiches, but his working class friend was so working class that he got scared of prosciutto and asked to go to a Mexican place instead. I'm, I'm pretty scared of prosciutto, to be fair. It's raw pork. Yeah. Is it, is it raw or is it not? What does cured even mean? Does it mean it just doesn't? It used to have a disease and now it doesn't. Yeah, I don't want any formerly diseased prosciutto. Yeah. Oh, this prosciutto used to have gonorrhea, but we sorted it out. Yeah, but think. they can't cure gonorrhea anymore. Oh, yeah, shit. It's actually a big concern in my life that I might get incurable gonorrhea. You've probably already got it. Yeah. Ladies, if you're out there, 
I, for one, will not be having sex with you this evening. Uh, you're not going to be able to. Mark Zuckerberg's going to come claim prima nocta. We can have a dispute about it, and Mark Zuckerberg can chair it. Perhaps we can have a trial by combat. That would be fun. That would be the worst trial by combat You can ever. hit one another with cured sausages, and all of the village workers will run terrified. I might actually have some cured sausages in the flat. So just be... Whoa, those... You're going to scare off all the high school educated listeners. Well, yeah, so what is the, what is the conclusion of this New York Times story? Um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I sort of, I rage closed my computer because it was so aggressively dumb. I, I just saw that David, David Brooks' imaginary lunch companion is, te- is terrified of Gabagool. Yeah, what was, what was his point? Was his point that, like, prosciutto, prosciutto is oppressive to the proletariat? I don't really understand. If anything, it's oppressive to pigs. I think his point was something along the lines of um, upper middle class people have used education to seal off um, privilege from everyone who isn't of their class, which is actually a very good point, just completely overshadowed by his histrionic lunch meat dramatics. Yeah, he's made, he's made the point quite ham-handedly, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> You'd say he was quite sausage-fingered about Thank it. Thank you. Uh, that's good, yeah. That's very good. I'm now just trying to think if there are any other... He's made a pig's ear of it. Oh, that's good. That's another good one. Uh, yeah, so, sorry, ba- we totally got completely distracted. We never do that. We're always very on topic from the Facebook thing. Yeah, uh, they invented feudalism. And that now, like, you're probably going to have to use your Facebook paycheck to buy, like, uh, all your shit from the company store. It's like a West Virginia coal mining town. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I love that idea. It's like like the the Facebook uh, workers coming out of the like mine at six p.m. with their faces all blue from the mic du- from the like dust. I'd like to see this happen the other way. I'd like to see mining towns in West Virginia start having like sort of funky campuses with breakout areas and weirdly shaped furniture and like table tennis, bean bags everywhere. <laughs> But everyone's just absolutely filthy because they work in a mine. <laughs> There's like an iMac that's just covered in fucking soot. It's like minimalist, but sooty minimalism. Like sooty, but without any of the surrounding characters like Sweep or the panda called Sue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Riley, I imagine you have no idea who Sooty Sweep and the panda called Sue are. Oh, yeah, no, I, those are references that are ve- mm, I, mm, delicious, delicious references. <laughs> basically riley i'm gonna i'm gonna explain british culture to you really quickly there used to be a mm-hmm. children's show called sooty and sweep where a man uh-huh. who has not yet been discovered to be a pedophile but may have been um he's, the one, way- he's one of those ones who like you know when operation Tree started and everyone started guessing who'd be next like yeah. i'm not saying he um, will be but i wouldn't be that surprised yeah i don't even know okay. what his name is no but yeah, so he used to like do, our, do the puppets. Did we as a, various... a podcast just do our first libel? Oh, yeah, yeah. We can be done for libel. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if we just, everything is a joke. We've not even named him. <laughs> yeah. So basically, yeah, there was this bear called Sooty, which was a pup. They were all puppets. And it was They're like a, puppets, there was like a dog called, was it a dog? dog yeah, nominally. It yeah. sort of looked a bit like a donkey. Yeah. Something between a dog and a, a dog More key. libel. Um, yeah, right. And so, and he did all the puppets. And when you were a kid, you genuinely didn't realize they were puppets, or at least I didn't. He no, I did, did actually, because I was a smart kid. No, I mean, so wait, do these guys work in a West Virginia coal mining town, or are they like, they're just doing on like a Facebook like click farm? Um, yeah, I forget which one we were running with. Um, I, I, I don't recall, but 
That's what you say at your Senate hearing. I, uh, I don't recall. <laughs> that must really hurt the Russian ambassador's feelings, right? That no one ever remembers meeting him. Yeah, actually, that's really, that's, that's tough, isn't it? Maybe the Russian ambassador is just a really boring man, and that is actually what's at the heart of this whole case. Yeah. <laughs> so like, he just sits down and starts talking to you about how he's building a model ship in a bottle, and then he just won't shut up. Yeah, I know, and he just yeah he keeps get he gets out photos of his kids, and you're like just just go, just go home. Yeah, just stop it. Your kids are boring. I don't give a shit what school play they're in. <laughs> Wait, I have information about Hillary Clinton. Ah, who needs it? Ah, it's getting late. There's another thing I wanted to bring up. I think that the comparison between like mining towns and company stores and chits and so on is actually quite comparable to like sort of you know, climbing wall, Facebook tech culture. It's the same shit. It's the same like at request that you sort of devote your entire life to the, to this company and its product and its whole lifestyle and that you sort of merge yourself into it. It's just, it's got a much sort of happier face on it. So like, I, you know, I'm sure everything's going to be on the Facebook app. Like I'm, I'm sure that your TV is going to get streamed through Facebook and then, like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is going to know that you went back to watch all the sex position th- scenes in Game of Thrones five times. And he's going to go, nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. Now, would you like to buy some itchy and scratchy money? What's that? Well, it's money that's made just for the park. It works just like regular money, but it's uh, fun. Do it, Dad. Well, okay, if it's fun. Let's see. Uh, I'll take $1,100 worth. Uh, okay, uh, I want to move on to a, a perennial favorite of ours in, in conversation. A young man with a name like a cologne. That's right, everybody. We're talking Elon Musk. Very good. I like that one. Um, basically, this, this, is a, this is a little old, but I, I wanted to bring it up because it's a perfect sort of delusion, delusion of grandeur story. There was this, there was this story last week. Uh, sort of about allegations of sexism surfacing in Tesla. You know, shocking uh, sexism in the tech industry. And uh, they were this, yeah, I know. Uh, apparently, they were all invited to like an essential oils meeting, and all the female executives were supposed to go to a meeting about essential oils. Um, and that was just a bit far. Yeah, fair enough. But it's um, but it's essential. Yeah, did they not did they not hear the essential bit? <laughs> it's an essential meeting for essential. They don't run on oil. They're electric cars. It's a really, really important meeting. They still need oil for the, the moving parts. I, I'm joining the um, I'm joining the anti-war the anti-war protest. No blood for essential oil. To be fair, I reckon essential oils are like one of those many like pseudo lefty products that are like probably actually incredibly right wing in the way that they're made. Like everyone who's like a fucking hippie owns a load of essential oils, but they're probably made using, like, slave labor in, like, a cut-down rainforest. Made from oil of panda. <laughs> yeah. But really, I, the, the essential oils thing isn't the key part of this that I wanted to discuss. What I actually wanted to discuss was a throwaway line in this article, which is that apparently this, this, this lady claims, um, and I'm inclined to believe her, but, you know, the company has since denied it, uh, that on the first day you're given a T-shirt uh, that depicts Elon Musk as a superhero. Oh wow! Which superhero? Yeah. <laughs> like what? How, how? Do we have details? Is he? Is, think... he, is he depicted as like uh, Danger Mouse? <laughs> 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 I 
I would, I, love I, I, like I would th- totally allow him being Danger Mouse. Or Rasta Mouse. Oh, yeah. Rasta Mouse isn't a superhero. He's just a DJ mouse. Don't tell me Rasta Mouse isn't a superhero, Milo. <laughs> also, a mouse that DJs is pretty super. I mean, Rasta Mouse's superhero is super superpower is like chilling out, man, which is like not a great superpower. I mean, it's like, it's fine as, as a thing, but I love the idea of someone's had the idea at some stage of how do we make a kids program that hints what? How strongly can we hint that the main character smokes loads of weed without making that clear to the kids? Why would you bother? No, doing kids, that? this is just one of my silly cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what also, that accent was either. No. <laughs> Mind you, uh, Rasta Mouse doesn't okay. actually have that Rasta an accent either. It's like it's quite mild. Okay, I, I know how to pull us back in. Do what superhero do you think Elon Musk is? <laughs> he's definitely Batman, right? Oh yeah, he's obviously Batman, isn't he? That actually makes a lot of sense. That's not even a joke. He just is. Yeah, because he's super rich. Yeah. Do, do you reckon Elon Musk has a super old butler? I really. Uh, yeah, to be fair, I think it, Batman has his has his moments of that. But it's you know, I I'd love to see Batman where there's a, a Batman movie where he fights evil by um, developing a new range of uh, solar energy panels that you can install on your house. Yeah, he actually he gives <laughs> he gives up on fighting crime and he just sends all the criminals to Mars to die. That's like... And then he goes and does a smug. <laughs> And then he goes and does a smug TED talk about it. I, I just, I think it's, it's like he's a version, it's like he's a version of, of Batman, but whose main superpower was creating a way for us to buy used shoes online and then creating a really inefficient airline for zillionaires to go into low earth orbit. Not even to space, but. Wouldn't that be really fun if Batman just did that though? He like did it in the mask. Still did it in the mask. Still, still did the voice. No. But just sold you shoes. And then he also had like he also had like a villain opponent who was doing a similar thing. Like nobody cared who I was before I sent people into the lower orbit. I, I like I like the idea of, <laughs> of 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 Elon Musk saying and being asked what he cares about. Like what do you care about, Elon Musk? And he's like disruption. Where's where's the Mars? I I fundamentally just I think it's so creepy that these guys think of themselves as superheroes because like. Yes, it's important that we replace oil in cars. It's probably good that we have like a distributed like grid of solar panels. But the fact is, like, a we're doing it in a way that just incredibly redounds to the owners of capital, right? Like, you know, the people who will benefit from this power grid are the people who can afford the batteries and the uh, and the solar cells and shit. People who can afford the Teslas that'll start auto driving everyone around. Like, once again, it's going to be a massive upward transfer of wealth. You know, when, when we eventually go to Mars, you know, do you think it's going to be like an egalitarian democratic society? Or maybe that superhero Elon Musk might just have a bit of a say in how things go. Well, I think that maybe like actually the whole thing is a great deception and that going to Mars is maybe the thing that will just get rid of the ruling class because they're the only people that will be able to afford to go to Mars. And then they'll get there and they'll realize it's shit, but they can't get back and they'll all just die. Um, <laughs> Like fucking Elon Musk and Philip Green and Richard Branson, like just solely suffocating on Mars while remembering what it was like to live in Monaco for a bit. Can there be a Kickstarter to send Philip Green to Neptune? <laughs> I tell you what, I reckon. I reckon Philip Green weighs more than the planet of Neptune, especially when he's got his jewelry on. Tell him. 
I've got a tweet Philip Green after this. That would be the weirdest insult Philip Green will ever receive. You weigh more than the planet of Neptune. Tweet Philip Green right now. We'll wait. Charlie and I will talk amongst ourselves. Call Philip Green a celestial dwarf. Yeah, let's call him that. I think we should all call him that. We we need to all tweet him simultaneously. I can't do it now because my laptop's recording the podcast and my phone is talking to Riley. Okay, I'll 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 tweet him. I'll tweet him. Uh, what are we What are we saying to Philip Green? That he's a that he's a cold, cold celestial dwarf. Does he have Twitter? I think I he might not, not have Twitter. Actually. I haven't asked him. You could just tweet it about him. Yeah. Okay. Hashtag Philip Green. You could email him. You could. Oh, I once email? emailed Abu Bakr al Baghdadi for a bet. Oh yeah, you did, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So what, I what said, did you have to say to Abu Bakr al Baghdadi? So I once said in conversation that Abu Bakr al Baghdadi probably has a lot on his plate. Which, to be fair, as the man in control of ISIS at that time, he probably did. I mean, I imagine, like, running ISIS on a day-to-day basis is quite a lot of admin. Yeah, loads. Um, <clears throat> you know. Uh, and so... Uh, Guys, I've but then one of my it. mates said, tell him. Great. So I had to email Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi and tell him that I reckoned he probably had a lot on his plate. As does Philip Green, <laughs> probably. Cause... So, so some poor bloke who probably lives in, like, Canada called Abu, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi has got actually probably frankly quite a reassuring email <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably quite comforting <laughs> if he is busy you know maybe he's a lawyer and he's just working long hours and he's just got a really nice email from some random bloke in England saying I reckon you've got a lot on your plate what a nice thing for him to get yeah I just I wrote it in a really friendly tone of voice in the hope that he might reply like yeah well running running the world's first Islamic caliphate is uh, is you know? I wouldn't it's, say it's, it's the tricky. world's first. There have been a couple others. The modern, yeah, that's, the modern world's that's, first. That's sort of the point, isn't it? Is that would it be the third others. caliphate? Would that be? Is that? Can't remember. No, I don't know. No. I, can only, I can only name either. two others. Uh, don't add us. Kids, would you step outside for a second? Dear Lord, that's the loudest profanity I've ever heard. Oh, you're a prick, and this is all getting edited out. <laughs> Can we just leave in you're a prick, and this is all getting edited <laughs> out? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> we're, we're Schrodinger's bad people. No one knows exactly why or if we really are. I mean, I do. I know why, and I know that we really are. <laughs> so I think we can even, we can even use all, all that to circle back. And say, what do we think? Do we think that um, Elon Musk sh- and, and and the rest of his and the rest of his guys should just, you know, uh, lead the charge, go live on Mars, die there, and then we'll follow you if we think it seems cool? Yeah, go guys, go go live on go live on Mars. It'll be great. And, you know, Musk is like, uh, are you sure? Because you can come with us if you want. You're not Blick, are you? <laughs> You're like, uh, no, no, Elon. Stop it's fine. saying Elon Musk's racist. <laughs> I love that. That is the point this podcast has got to. Charlie beseeching me to stop, to stop. <laughs> Please stop Elon saying Musk Elon Musk is racist. I'm not even. He saying might Elon be, Musk. but we don't know. Because <laughs> maybe where that sentence no was going is, knowing. you're not Blick, are you? Although that would also be fine. Oh fuck. <laughs> It would be like, a, it would be like, God, Elon, you should really stop using such ambiguous grammar. <laughs> it's always fine in the end, but the first half of the sentence always has us quite worried. He's like, yeah, I'd like, I'd like all of the women in my company to go to this meeting about essential oils, but actually not really because that would be kind of sexist. My Elon Musk is becoming more and more similar to my Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I was wondering where that was coming from. Yeah. 
We need to go and live on Mars. We need to develop solar <laughs> solar energy. <laughs> I need you. Put that put, put that crude oil down. I want your clothes, your boots, and your self-driving car. The moon. For several years, she has fascinated many. But will man ever walk on her fertile surface? Democratic hopeful Adlai Stevenson says so. I have no objection to man walking on the moon. By 1964, experts say man will have established 12 colonies on the moon, ideal for family vacations. Once there, you'll weigh only a small percentage of what you weigh on Earth. Slow down, Tubby. You're not on the moon yet. The moon belongs to America and anxiously awaits the arrival of our astro band. Will you be among them? Uh, this is another, another way in which some rich-ass tech guys... Uh, think that they're entitled uh, to outsized political Wait, power. These rich guys who are in Aztec. Like the guys who are <laughs> the Aztec. These some, some rich Aztecs. <laughs> Man, those uh, are some rich Aztecs. We're not talking about the, the Central American Empire. We are talking about the failed Pontiac. They had a lot of gold, to be fair to them. <laughs> they did, yeah. They could afford a lot of anal cleaning brushes. They could, and um, archaeologists are still searching for them. <laughs> the, fable, the fabled lost city of El Dorado. The fabled lost city of anal cleaning brushes. It's actually Indiana Jones' next movie. El Doranus. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> the that's the worst pun of the show, but Charlie's laughing at it more than anything What is wrong else. with you? <laughs> I think we have a new episode title, guys. I think we have found it. The Lost City. Wait, who's that? Who are you doing now? <laughs> I don't know. It's not Indiana Jones. <laughs> that's, that's like Antonio Banderas in Zorro. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's uh, Central American. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> Zorro is. Uh, ish. Yeah. I thought Zorro was supposed to be Spanish and then goes to America. What were you getting around to, Riley? I say, speaking of the U.S., uh, there is a new uh, political party in town. And again, this happened last week. It's a little little old, but we'd really be remiss not to talk about it. Because um, the founders of LinkedIn, the only social network more annoying than Facebook, and the founder of Zynga, which is behind Farmville, the most annoying element of Facebook from 2013, both of whom are tech billionaires. Yeah, actually, Farmville was a really annoying part of Facebook because no one ever accepted my requests to play it with them. I just wanted someone to watch my cows oh, while you. I was at work. Yeah, I just needed someone to cow sit. Which sounds like uh. a weird actual thing. That like, you cow, do. like cow tipping. Yeah, but... cow sitting. Yeah. You're just going to sit on a cow. Okay. It's like some other but, weird but disability these... that cows have. Like, yeah, if you sit on them, they can't move. <laughs> <laughs> some weird psychological thing with cows, you know. They just start okay, milking these, everywhere. The, these, two, these two guys, these two guys, uh, Mark Pincus, uh, or like Marcus Pincus, Caesar's most inept assassin who slipped in the blood and cut off his own dick. Mark Pincus sounds like a guy who was kicked out of the Red Hot Chili Peppers for being too shit. <laughs> and Reed Hoffman uh, have founded a new 
challenger political party that's supposed to be like Silicon Valley's answer to the DSA uh, called Win the Future. I, lo- I just like that Reed Hoffman sounds like an intellectually pretentious imperative, doesn't it? Like, oh, come on, guys, you clearly don't know your stuff. Reed Hoffman. Yeah, that's like something many, many a Cambridge supervisor said to me in a supervision, like, Miley, you've not read the necessary Hoffman here. Yeah, fucking read Hoffman, mate. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, uh, don't just read Hoffman, but look up Hoffman. Look up Reed Hoffman, because we really need to see what he looks like here. So it's, it's, so it's, it's, it's Reed Hoffman and Mark Pinkeye? That's the, that's the guy? <laughs> it's not the worst gag of the show, but it is the cheapest. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty cheap, to be honest. Um, if I wasn't a comedian, I'd be a prostitute. <laughs> and I'd be very cheap, because I'd look horrendous and have an unclean <laughs> anus. Oh wow, he's quite—he's yeah. quite an overweight man. He is. He. This is the guy who founded LinkedIn. This is the. This is the. You know, professional. God, professional imagine networker. imagine having founded and LinkedIn, being the most like the social network that sends like that emails more people than it actually has members. Like, oh, your friends are on LinkedIn, and then you look at the list, and it's like those aren't my friends. <laughs> those yeah, are people who have no it's a friends. Those are my former friends. And that's why they're on LinkedIn. It's like, these are acquaintances of mine who now work for JP Morgan. I make all my friends through LinkedIn. <laughs> I keep getting epi- uh, notifications of people's work anniversaries, and I'm like, oh, I couldn't congratulate you on that. Do you think... The same job. Do you, think one, do you think one person ever in history has congratulated another person on their first work anniversary? On LinkedIn. Do you think that's happened one time? I bet that maybe. Maybe that's how Reed Hoffman and Mark Pincus met. I love, I love like, <laughs> middle-aged people who actually, like, share and comment on stuff on LinkedIn. Like, I have a LinkedIn account because uh, I went to business school once. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was a dark time in my life. Um, and uh, it's really hilarious. Like, there are the people who, like, are, like, she's, like, a 45-year-old woman who, like, works at J.P. Morgan or whatever. She'll genuinely, like, share an article from The Economist on LinkedIn. Like, really interesting stuff, worth a read. And then some guy with it, with his, where his avatar is him in a suit, will comment, thanks for this, Sandra. We'll read later once I'm done with this meeting. And it's like, who are you? Who are these people? Like, I spend all day on Twitter where people are like, what if poop smelled like rain? <laughs> Better, better than vice versa, I guess. No, yeah. oh, that's what we got to do. We got to start putting drill on, like, like at drill. We got to put him on LinkedIn and say hmm, really interesting stuff here from an interesting business thinker. Yeah, who claims he will never log off. <laughs> Great news for LinkedIn. Guys, FaceTime culture is back. <laughs> Drill is on forever. <laughs> what if what if LinkedIn had Farmville and you persuaded people that it was a great way to network with other executives? Maybe it is oh, a God, great way to network with it. other executives. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys more about what these two clowns, one Please. of whom is worth three billion and the other is worth like one point three billion clowns. are doing. <laughs> these couple of clowns, these clowns in Congress. Um, they, what they want to do is they're creating a like a pressure group uh, that is supposed to basically push the Democratic Party more centrist uh, because this is, this is what Pincus, the Zynga guy, said. I'm fearful the Democratic Party is already moving too far to the left. I want to push the Democratic Party to be more in touch with mainstream America. You know, like me, a tech billionaire. And on some issues, that's more left. But on some issues, it might be more right. And just before you guess... Uh, their platform is pro-business. 
So I think we can guess where they're more right. <laughs> nice. I like the idea yeah. of a program which is like completely anti-business. Like there will be no businesses. <laughs> there will be no like you will not be able to buy anything or sell anything. I so I I think it's easy to 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 miss the wood for the trees on this story because I've been doing a bit of a bit of reading around it and I think there's been a lot of analysis of where the political alignment of the Democratic Party should be in the light of Trump and in the light of increased polarization of politics, et cetera, et cetera. It should be left. And I think left. and I think actually the real point that everyone's missing is that this is a really glorious initiative because they've recruited the front man of nineties one hit wonder band Third Eye Blind. Oh, thank what fuck a, for the way yeah. that sentence What's ended. Charlie, I was so worried that you'd actually done research. <laughs> you were going to make a serious point on this podcast. No. That's low effort aesthetic. Because for future reference, that is not what this is about. Fully aware. <laughs> I'm really glad. But uh, yeah, What's they, the name but, of the Third Eye Blind lead singer? I can't remember, but they but they had I, that they had that one song, "Semi Charmed Life," that was like not even a fun one hit wonder. It was like a fluke, <laughs> shitty one hit wonder. But Charlie, how does it go? I actually couldn't. I I can't and won't sing it to you. Such is my disdain for the song "Semi Charmed Life" by the shitty '90s one hit wonder band Third Eye Blind, and such is my lack of surprise at the fact that this guy is involving himself in such a crappy initiative. That I will not <laughs> sing you his work. They want to run him as a senator. Don't be, don't be too hasty, Charlie, because that guy could soon be president of the United States. <laughs> well, God, but here's the thing: the set, this like the, these weird like business schools want to run the lead singer of Third Eye Blind as a senator, but Kid Rock is also standing as a senator. Kid Kid Rock, who's um, who I, I I saw wonderfully summarized today in uh, something that said Kid Rock to drop words kid and rock from his name as neither is accurate <laughs> kid rock will just slowly fade into nothingness i'm changing it's like great northern rail to be fair it is northern it's not it goes to like east anglia <laughs> oh shit um so you could become kid rock could become like old repetitive pop yeah <laughs> that's catchy i like it also, then again, the name oh. Third Eye Blind is also bizarre because no one has a third eye. Oh, no. Of <laughs> <laughs> very deformed people. Yeah. God. Who should be Lyle, respected. You just, you just started doing open mic jokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what's with this name Third Eye Blind? I never had a third eye. Am I right, everyone? Anyway, that's my time. Good night. Oh, Jesus. They are, you know, it would be so easy to do. But I guess let's not. So imagine having the joy of having a thir- having like the massive evolutionary advantage of having a third eye, and then it being blind. It'd be really ironic. You're like an intermediary stage in evolution. You are, yeah. What a letdown. Okay, I, I wanted I wanted to quote something that that Pink has said, sort of more of the the mission statement of this Democratic Party pressure group. Uh, quote: I just feel patronized. Everything I get is like, hey, you you couldn't possibly get it. It's too complex and sophisticated. What really goes on? Hey, leave it to us. We'll go represent you and fight the good fight and just give us money. But I sent the Democratic Party five paragraphs of input, and they just sent me a form letter and never got back to me. I don't Aww. feel represented. How could you ignore a man called Mark Pincus? <laughs> who's a billionaire who's like, ah, I'm, I'm not represented in America. My voice isn't heard. I'm not powerful enough. It's really hard being a billionaire these days. It's no, one, no one respects you. Yeah. 
No one wants to hear what you've got to say. You know, especially when you're like a low billionaire, like one point three billion. Like even just to get listened to, he has to partner with a guy who's got three billion. And when your surname's Pincus, you can totally believe that loads of people in the Democratic office are just like Mark Pincus, <laughs> and they googled him. They're like, oh, he's a billionaire, but still, it's the surname that's the closest to uh, to the name Pingu that I've ever heard. But you know what really okay? What really I can't even remember what this, noise the Pingus made. Is yeah, Newt, Newt was one of them. Yeah. Farmville's whole model was getting people to trade like, real money that they get for their real labor in exchange for, like, fake farm bucks. Sorry, sorry, Riley, we weren't actually listening to you because we were making pingu noises. No, 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 no. I was doing a socialism you and you guys were making pingu noises. Are you familiar with pingu, Riley? Or do we need to explain no. that as well? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not familiar with that particular... It's plasticine penguins. Let's move on. And they go newt, newt. <laughs> That's it. Oh, yeah. And, and the dad is always doing the ironing, although none of them wear clothes. <laughs> so, so it hadn't occurred that's, to me. That's, <laughs> yeah. To be honest, that is a bit like, like, you know, farm bucks. Like that 40-year-old racist aunt from Facebook I mentioned earlier, you know, mortgages her house to buy more farm bucks, which goes into Mark Pincus's pocket, which he feels entitles him to have a fucking voice in politics and to make the whole world more pro-business as though it's not already fucking pro-business enough already. Die on Mars, bitch. Get out of our fucking lane. He's very, he's very pro-business, except in Venezuela. <laughs> Is that your Antonio Banderas accent again? <laughs> yeah, it's Antonio Banderas if he was playing Hugo Chavez in a biopic. I think uh, there's one saving grace. There's one saving grace to uh, win the future, uh, which is that, so far, their only method of interfering in politics, 100% of it, is that if they get donations of $5,000... Um, they're going to do is they're going to do something really clever. Uh, they're going to tweet two different policy positions and allow people with Twitter to vote on it by retweeting it. Whichever one gets the most retweets gets put up on a billboard. Because Twitter's representative of the real world. Yeah, Twitter's not completely full of insane people. <laughs> and, and, you know, two tech, two tech billionaires with, a bill, with more than a billion dollars each, the best idea they could get is essentially something that they've lifted from the plot of an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. People forget that this is how Boaty McBoatface happened. <laughs> Never ask the people what they want. Never. No. The people should be told what they want. It's not even that the people are, are stupid, it's that the people love fucking everything, everything up wherever possible. Like, we really love it. That's why, that's oh, why yeah. in Subway it's much cheaper to order something from the preset menu than to compose your own sandwich. Because you don't know how to compose your own sandwich. Yeah. And they, and they discourage and, uh, and uh, deter. That's, that's the word I was looking for. They deter that behavior. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah. they right to do it. I mean, you know, because we, because we are all products of the university system, we all know all about sandwiches. But, you know, we, we couldn't expect most people to know about that. Yeah, we're part of the metropolitan sandwich elite. We are, yeah. We we fearlessly walk into delis and order prosciutto. Yeah, it's us. It's us and Antonio Banderas who explains all of the political <laughs> concepts. The problem is that many of the people in the working classes are not sufficiently uh, au fait with the uh, political uh, complexities of the day in order to make the decisions that are truly best for them. And I, in in my opinion, uh, egg mayo is underrated. Ah. <laughs> uh, Many people, they will go for the meatball marinara, but I find this to be a slightly uh, unsophisticated sandwich. 
I actually love that sandwich. I know you love that sandwich. I yeah. don't agree with Antonio. Mm. Uh, egg mayo is good. I like egg mayo. In 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 Subway though. No, yeah, don't have it in Subway. Oh no, no I don't not think in that is even. An I don't trust the Subway. sandwich artists with that. Yeah, I think in Subway it's like the eggs of the the people who work there. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh. I mean, maybe <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Walmart's got people driving to make deliveries after work hours. Subway is probably going to start harvesting human parts to make some of it. Yeah, la- labor laws aren't what they were. Welcome to Subway. What kind of bread would you like? What was that last bit? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is automating their workforce. Subway is just replacing theirs with chickens. Was it, is, it, is it just me or does, like, does everyone sigh before picking the bread? They're like, what kind of bread do you want? You're like... Uh, and you look in the what they've got on the shelf, and you try and understand what the difference is between yeah. the different breads. And you and you kid yourself that there See, is a difference. Yeah, that's the problem. You guys just you guys just didn't go to university enough to really understand the dynamics of ordering at Subway. How much like, is enough? Clearly more. <laughs> I don't than know. What we maybe did. you guys may need some master's degrees in order to truly appreciate eating fresh. Eat fresh. <laughs> Eat fresh. <laughs> It's fresh with me, Antonio Banderas. The freshest takes uh, on modern politics. I, I want to just to just to just to, to swing back a little bit to win, win the future and their and their thing. I think that the one thing we can be relieved by is is that their whole strategy is completely stupid, and they're never going to do anything other than waste some of their own money, which is totally fine. Yeah, I mean, I'm down with them wasting their money. I mean, I feel like anything Mark Pincus does is a waste of money and time. What I'd like to do as our, fir- as our first action as a, as a podcast is I want to see if we can get uh, another thing put up on a billboard in D.C. Uh, with this extremely technologically advanced group of people. We just need to retweet something a bunch of times. I wonder how many AMA brushes Mark Pincus could get his name on for that kind of money. Literally all of them. Yeah, be good. It'd be decent, decent advertising that. <laughs> that would be a more effect. That would actually be a um, a more effective. Do you reckon Mark Pincus is behind the Ammo brush? And every Ammo brush is yeah. actually going to have everyone's name written on it. It's going to have a series of like really pro business policies written on it. Yeah, he's actually submitted a cunning selection of names, all of which, when you put them end to end, spell out a series of pro business policies. Lower corporation tax and bomb Syria. What? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They are literally forcing pro-business policies down the throats of voters. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? (sighs) Literally into the mouths of voters. I looked up what the policies are, and here is how just sort of melty and shitty these two policies are that they think are going to revolutionize the world. Uh, One is free college education, but only for engineering programs. So basically, they want the state to subsidize uh, their future workforce. Um, And the second one is to begin impeachment proceedings against Donald Trump. So, you know, these guys, they're very adventurous, advocating STEM and a return to civility in politics. How could that possibly be an election platform? Because that that is a policy that you could only implement if you lost. Like, beginning, because Donald Trump is the president. So if you won the election, he wouldn't be the president anymore. And therefore, you couldn't impeach him. This is some, like, weird liberal Democrat shit, like, coming up with policies that are literally only possible if you're not in government. Like, what, like, what is this? But it's because that's the mindset of these guys. Like, even though they're tech billionaires, like, at their very heart of hearts, they are just losers. 
I mean, I think you have to be to become a tech billionaire, don't you? Right? Like, they only know how to mitigate other people winning. Like, they, they happen to have invented, like, you know, a way to swindle that on I mentioned uh, out of Facebook money and a way for your emails to get extra annoying and unusable. Like, these are not necessarily smart people. These are not people I want to trust with not even running a country. I don't want to trust them with running a pencil. How do you run a pencil? I mean, the, the really cool people don't become billionaires. They become shamillionaire. Who <laughs> <laughs> uh, sang 2006 Summer Banger Ride and Dirty. dirty yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That's, that's, I, think, I think Trash Future needs to start an, mm, an American, to be fair, pressure group where our only policy is to elect Chamillionaire. Yeah. Riding dirty. They see me rolling. They hating. Patrolling. They trying to catch me riding dirty. Trying to catch me riding dirty. Are we just going to do the... We're going to get... Do we need to buy the rights to do this? Then it goes down. Trying to catch me riding dirty. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hope we don't need to buy the rights to that. What a Um, song. That that, He could come on stage at every rally to that. I wonder if off the back of his recent... um, uh, drive to get rich people into uh, high-powered cabinet positions. Donald Trump has tapped Chamillionaire for um, uh, Secretary of State. <laughs> he just thinks Chamillion is a real number. <laughs> he's good. He's good at Chamillion oh, dollars. We, <laughs> <laughs> we got to get this guy. He's a born winner. He's got a Chamillion. <laughs> he's gonna. He's gonna create like, Chamillions of jobs. And he inher- he he inherited a small loan from his father of of a Chamillion dollars. I've heard from this guy. This guy has oh come up God. from the bottom. He has been riding dirty, and he's not. And he's not. And he's not afraid of con- of controversy. They see him rolling. They hate him. They hate him, folks. Yeah. So what do we do? Do we do we do we think the official trash future position uh, on, on win the future? Could you ratify this? Is a uh, Mark Pincus and Reed Hoffman go die on Mars? Stay out of fucking politics. You're already billionaires. Uh, two, um, that we should neither elect the third eye blind guy or Kid Rock, but in fact, Chamillionaire for president. Yeah, maybe third eye blind guy for VP. Yeah, I'd like I'd like uh, uh, Chamillionaire for president, third eye blind guy for VP, and then Anto- political Antonio Banderas as uh, <laughs> Secretary of State. Yeah. <laughs> Also, also, Third Eye Blind Guy will only be known as Third Eye Blind Guy. He does not get a name. No, I don't think he gets a name, and I feel for him, but he doesn't get a name. That sounds like it could be a position on a film set. It's Third Eye for the Blind Guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> a bunch of clairvoyants have to guess which person in the room is blind. <laughs> like, they make the blind people carry out basic tasks like making tea and stuff. <laughs> And then there are particular. <laughs> I reckon some pe- some blind people are probably way better at basic manual tasks than I am. Yeah, I think that's a, a certainty. Yeah. So actually, it might be quite hard. Maybe you could get some blind dudes who are fucking sick at making like tea and coffee. Well, look, guys, they don't need help making tea. They've got the tephoria. Oh, call back to last week. Hey, guys, watch our episode, episode from last week. Yeah, but listen to it. I mean, you know, you can't. Yeah, or just watch it. Unless you have synesthesia. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of callbacks, I think it's I think it's time I think it's time to hop into our last segment. Uh, do either of you two guys have a pitch? I was I was thinking of having having an app for uh, for the modern the modern liberal 
person, uh, which mm-hmm. sort of uh, tracks the uh, moral fashionability of the food you eat. So you enter what you've eaten, which is like, I don't know, like three pounds of a dookie beans and some quinoa. And it's like, and it and it tells you like how many good good lib points you have for the day on the basis of like how much quinoa is you know disrupting the economies of Central American countries versus you know obviously your positive uh, you know environmental credentials and and the amount of cancer that you're not getting, um, and then maybe it could be voiced by Antonio Banderas. <laughs> Really running with that. If, if, if this podcast produces nothing else, it's going to produce a lot of job opportunities for Antonio Banderas. Yeah, can we get Antonio Banderas on the pod? Yeah, just something for you to work on for next time, right? What else is he doing? What else is that guy doing? Absolutely. They can't be making another Puss in Boots movie. Puss in Boots. Could, can we get it? I want, I want to see uh, Antonio Banderas doing a sort of uh, joint, joint tune, a duet with Chimillionaire. Yeah, I would, let's make it happen. <laughs> uh, I, I, want, I want all of that. But I want that. That's how the, uh, the, the, that's how the, 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 the like lib smugness app, uh, that's how it communicates it with you. It's at political Antonio Banderas and Chimillionaire singing a duet of just how much your avocado toast addiction is actually fueling cartel profits in North Mexico. Is it, is it just food, or does this just kind of give you points throughout life for acts that you, that you achieve? Like, you know, picking up some litter in the street in front of lots of people who are watching gives you lots of points. Or, um, you know, it gives points for the earnestness with which you've shared uh, a Facebook article about the damage that avocados are doing to uh, forests in Mexico. Yeah, I mean, I think this uh, this has so, this has the potential to be so much bigger than food. It really does, and it can also remind you how much money you're not saving towards a mortgage because of the avocado toast that you're eating. Yeah, yeah I think I think actually a reminder of that would be really good. All right, I I, I like that idea. I'll, I'll invest I'll invest one point three billion dollars in that because it was sure as hell would do more than just you know crowdfunding occasional billboards of like racist tweets. And electing this is this, is this it definitely guy. clean your bum as well for that. But I think before we go, we have we have something to hear from Milo. Yeah, I, it, so our new our new feature is called uh, Steven Seagal Fact of the Week, because I think that only late capitalism could have produced the man that is Steven Seagal. Um, and so your your I don't have this in front of me, so I'm doing it from memory. But your Steven Seagal fact of the week for this week is uh, that Steven Seagal, since I think 2009, has been producing his own energy drink called Lightning Bolt. What I really like about this is what I like to imagine is that Steven Seagal found that competing energy drinks were not giving him sufficient energy <laughs> yeah. for his karate kicks and Aikido Did takedowns. And like that smug Steven comments. The main problem <laughs> is that he's like 65 years old and obese and does all of his fight sequences from an office chair. Yeah. To be fair, if you could, if you could fight off uh, legions of goons from an office chair, that would be pretty good. Yeah, I'd be impressive. I'd be impressed. <laughs> yeah. I also want to bring back the word goons. Yeah, can we use the word goons more often? Note for next time. I'm going to cut in that Simpsons clip here. Who is it? Goons. Oh? I had goons. I heard goons. 
yeah, yeah. do it if you're it, it, uh, listeners if you're if you're listening you can uh, you can tweet us and and let us know whether you would like more or less goons yeah more or fewer more or less well, fewer goons more goons the word if you're referring to the word i think it's still singular and countable well i guess goons are countable yeah god this raises a lot of questions about goons you can count you can uh, count goons i think that's yeah. probably you can count on goons <laughs> if you couldn't count goons how could you hire them yeah, make a, it would make accounting difficult, wouldn't it? You don't want some kind of, in, you know, innumerable sort of liquid um, silver mass of goons like the term, like the T-1000. The T-1000 was a great goon. Yeah, really good goon. You said you hire goon by the kilo rather than goons by, by sort of number. Yeah, our goons are continuous variable. Yeah. <laughs> you just pour goon out of the truck. You have to weigh them before you get to the till, otherwise the cashier will be really annoyed. Should we all go home? <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Uh, all right. Okay, good cool. Night, good, good enough. Bye. Bye bye.